Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! And now it's time for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show, starring Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, live from Emil's Tavern on Center, 161 Center Street in Grays Lake. Brought to you by Miller Lite, it's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That is right, the Miller Lite is flowing, I'm feeling good, and got his head bobbing, and we are here at Emil's Tavern on Center in Grays Lake. Got a good crowd out here today, man. I didn't think people were going to show up in the snow. It's real Chicagoans out here. That's what I like to see. Been out here working the room. Been out here shaking hands, kissing babies, all that good stuff, man. This place is ready. Talk some bears. Talk some probably some bulls at some point, yeah. too, man. But Emus, we came all the way up to Gray's Lake to be here. I picked up Aunt Heron from his house. Like three days ago. Like three days We've been ago. road tripping, Thelma and Louise style, felt from like downtown a, for quite a while to get up here. Felt like it was the Oregon Trail. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we made it. We lost a couple cattle we on the way, it, but we're here. And we do get an opportunity to talk some sports with you guys, specifically the Chicago Bears, of course. And we're going to start things off the way we always do with the trifecta. Let's go. Curry, way downtown. Morell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. All right, let's get things started. The top three stories of the day in no particular order. Number three. The number of the day is three. I think a lot of people were talking about Jalen Johnson. Obviously, his name came up on that interception by Jack Sanborn, illegal hands to the face. People found out that, you know, he was playing a bit injured. So it's interesting to hear from Jalen talking about the game that he had. No, I mean, two. I don't think two plays account for a rough day. I know on one of the pivot routes, I wasn't really explosive out of my break as I normally am. And then just on my other one, just really not having too much of my explosion and kind of my, my twitchiness that I normally have, my strength and stability wasn't 100%, so I feel like there were just some times where I just I, I wasn't able to go like I normally am to be able to cover those routes, but I mean, I still could have put myself in a better position, even though 
that was the case, I still could have did some things better to help myself. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I still played in the game and I still am responsible for those catches. Anthony Heron, he said a couple plays didn't define his whole performance. Would you say that Jalen Johnson had a rough game? I didn't think so. And I, I saw, and you know, you do like, like I do, where you track some Twitter and some social media reaction as the game's flowing here. And we got so accustomed to Jalen Johnson not even being targeted by opponents, you know, let alone somebody actually catching a pass on him, where it, it does seem like that's what people kind of expected every single week. And even not factoring the injury in. I mean, yeah, there was there was a critical moment late in the game where he gave up a big pass completion. So you don't necessarily want to see that, but the top corners in football are occasionally they do that going too. to get beat for passes here. And so, you know, even aside from the the playing injured and, and working through an injury aspect of it, there was a couple of passes completed on him. He also had a lot of moments where he was in, in tight coverage as well. But you know, to say he had a rough game, no, it's kind of like when there's you play 60 to 65 snaps in a game like an offensive tackle. You give up that one sack, yeah. and that's the time everybody's paying attention. Like, oh, man, see, <laughs> that guy had a rough game. Eh, no, nah, not really. If there's 60 games, 60 snaps in a game, and there was a couple he gets beat on, but he didn't get beat on the bulk of them, then no, I didn't think it was a rough game. You know, because you, you think about it, and you hear him being injured, and you wonder at what percentage are you playing at if you're hurt. What, what is that tipping point for you? I mean, when you were playing the NFL, I mean, obviously, you know, you, talk, you and I talk a lot about your injuries, mm. but what, what is that tipping point? How does it get to, to the level where you say, no, I can't go? It, it depends on how, really a couple of factors. One, how, how much your team can maybe survive without you. But then even aside from that, even just as an individual athlete and competitor, you know, how, how well do you think you can execute your tasks? Like, let's say, Say Jalen Johnson had a broken hand and he was going to play in a club. a club. Yeah, he got a big Q-tip on his left hand or something, but he feels like, you know what? I can still jam guys. I can still cover. Maybe I'm less likely to make an interception in a game. Having a broken hand is a big deal. Right. But maybe that would diminish his overall percentage of health. But he feels like he can actually execute you know, the task at hand that's necessary. So I think it just it depends a little bit on, on what the injury is, how much you're willing to kind of work through and how much it makes sense to try and play through it. It's got to be tough not only for the player, but for the coaching staff themselves to try to evaluate and say, that, okay, well, we still want to have you out there despite the fact that you're being injured. But, hey, man, kudos to Jalen Johnson. We like want to if, see more. If for, like, say, say one of your daughters poked you in the eye yeah. before you drove me up here tonight. Time out. It wouldn't have been oh. as good of an idea for you to be the one driving yeah, 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 yeah. to get here. We would have caught an Uber for sure. But your your voice would still work fine. Okay. So for you, I just need to get one here. eye hosting a yeah. radio show, you'd yeah. still be just fine. It'd be a big deal that your eye didn't work anymore, <laughs> but you could still do the gig you're doing right now yeah, without yeah, yeah. it. I wouldn't be able to see this number two, but we, we but I'd be able to talk, talk about it. I'll read it to uh, you. Let's go ahead and Finally, it, we come to my number two, man. His name, number two. The number two story for me during the trifecta here at Emails Tavern on center at Gray's Lake. We're broadcasting live for the top draft show. Drew. I love it. Drew. If you guys cheer every time I say that, you're going to get tired of cheering. <laughs> I promise you. I'm going to say it a lot. Um, but this Maybe is, have a Miller every time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we got, like we got Isaiah here somewhere, the Miller rep. He might take care of you. <laughs> um, so when you're looking at Trent Dilfer and what he said about uh, Justin Fields and his performance on Sunday, you and I were having a really good conversation about this on the way up here. And it was to all the fans that wanted Justin Fields to throw more. I was one of those people. Obviously, the 29th ranked defense in the NFL. So if you are going to throw and choose a game to do that, I felt like this would be the one. But here's Trent Dilfer talking about that very same thing. When do you go away from the 20 to 26 throws a game to the 30 to 36 throws a game? Mm -hmm. 
When do you start lowering the volume of runs? They're an unbelievable run team, and they've done a really nice job. And some are going to say, what are you talking about, Trent? Look at it. We're making historic rushing numbers. 30 we're points a game. 30 points a game. I get all that, right? I totally get all that. But if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, right? You're trying to win a Super Bowl next year or the year after. At some point, we need to add 100 to 150 throws to Justin's season this year so that he can have more learning moments. If it's truly quarterback driven, then I should be grading 25 to 30 plays because it's like, that was a fantastic plus throw. Like he threw somebody open. Or, ah, I, I, I hear what he's saying, right? Because he's not necessarily asking for the 40 that we were discussing on the way up here, yeah. but he is talking about elevating it. Maybe another six or seven throws per game throughout the course of a season. And frankly, part of that is on Justin. You know, the, the amount of pass attempts in the game don't necessarily indicate the overall amount of pass plays that have been called by Luke Getze. And so if, you know, if the Bears run whatever, say they ran 70 plays of offense in a game as they've be, become more close to, to that number recently, if he calls 35 pass and 35 run, but then there's only 25 to 28 pass attempts in the game because maybe seven of those end up as scrambles, scram for Justin right. Fields, and there's a few sacks that are in there as well. So all that ends up factoring into the overall pass attempt number. And we'll have a chance to talk about this in a little more detail throughout the night, but I, I do like the patient approach that Luke Getze, that Matty Bufus at the Bears offense is kind of progressing with each week, with each month, for how they're not, they're not necessarily feeling like they need to rush to the point where Justin Fields becomes this volume passer because it's not only about Justin. It's about the offensive line. It's about the receiver position. It's about what is the game plan that this coaching staff puts together each week that they feel like gives their offense the best opportunity to execute, gives their team the best opportunity to win those games. And they got a quarterback in year two who's now putting points on the board week in and week out. So I don't think it's I, I feel like it makes sense personally to say that we don't, we're not going to force feed a volume passing attack if that's not where we're at as a team and as an organization yet. Yeah, I think my biggest issue, it wasn't necessarily the amount of passes for Justin Fields. I think it was the attempts downfield. That was the issue for me where that's I fair. said to myself, yeah. if, you, if you're throwing 26 times, I need a couple of those to be in the back of the end zone, you know, 50 uh -huh. yard bomb. I mean, you saw the throw to Cole Komet. I couldn't believe that was the case, but that was on busted coverage. Right. That was because he was yeah. wide open. Yeah. That wasn't because you took a shot and trusted in your wide receiver. So to me, that's where I would look to see a little bit more from Justin Fields, but not complaining at all because you're bringing up a really good point. You can call 35, but if he's scrambling on 10 of them for a run, it's not going to go in the books as that. You know, it's, it's a play call, but it's not an actual pass attempt. So that's where Bears fans got to be a little bit more understanding in those situations. But I think we're all there, but we just want to, we all want to see just a little bit more. We know what he can do with his legs. <laughs> now we just want to see a little bit more. And not that we're not convinced that he's our guy. That's my guy. Yeah, I mean, that's my guy. It's all critique. It's all right. fair. It's all love. And it's all we should be able to do. All right. Speaking of Justin Fields, it leads me to the number one story in the trifecta. Number one. And it is that, you know, we've heard not only Ryan Poles. But Matt Eberflus talked about Justin Fields from the very beginning, and it's always been from an evaluation standpoint. We're seeing what we have here. We need Justin Fields to do certain things. So it was interesting to me, Ant, to hear Coach Eberflus talk about what really sold him on becoming the head coach of the Chicago Bears. First thing you look at is, you know, how the organization's set up. You know, is it set up for success? And then who's going to be the quarterback? 
And that that's those are two things you have to check off right away. You know, do you believe in the organization and the leadership? And that was a definite yes for me with the McCaskey family. And then you look at the quarterback with Justin Fields being here, and that was a green light all the way. You know, you watch the tape on him, you saw the electricity, his ability to, you know, throw the ball, his deep ball passing. That's what I've been saying that all along. I got that first when I watched him from, you know, last year's tape, his college tape. I knew that that's a trait of his. And then his special athletic ability, you know, used the right way, can be a special, special player for the Chicago Bears. And I don't remember hearing that at all right. leading yeah. up to the season and everything like that. Does that seem like a different tune because of the success he's had so far? Or do you genuinely believe that Iberfus is like, yeah, I want to go there because of Justin Fields? I, I believe him when he says that. And I, I think it's it's just the latest example of, of this sort of – patient, methodical approach that that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have taken to this entire process since they both came on the gig here with the Bears. And even in the way that they communicate about the players on the team, about their quarterback, to not come out right off the bat and say that we're 100% sold on Justin Fields because there was no reason for them yet. They hadn't even been in a meeting room with him yet day one when they're getting asked questions about the quarterback. So it's, it's not beneficial to them, wouldn't have been beneficial to the Bears for them to come out right away and say that, yeah, we think we got our franchise quarterback already because Justin Fields hadn't earned that public proclamation. But for now, Matt Eberflus to be willing to admit that that was a part of his excitement in accepting the gig here. Like it wasn't only about Justin Fields, but that's certainly a part of the equation for him being willing to accept the job here. But now that we're seeing tangible evidence that the Bears got to do that quarterback, and we're seeing him start to stack performance on top of performance, then it makes all the sense in the world that Matt Eberflus would now be willing to publicly proclaim that Justin Fields was a part of the reason he accepted this gig. Three, that's the magic number. Three. It is. It's the magic number. And that is your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. Shout out to everybody that's listening on the Odyssey app. Those of you that are part of my 104.3 HD2 crew. Oh, and then, of yeah. course, let's see if this works again. Everybody at Emile's Tavern on Center. In Grays Lake. You guys are going to be tired of me, but I like it, though. You're right there. I see you. I'm going to get you a Miller Light in a second. Hang <laughs> on. Uh, we are here hanging out. We got some really cool giveaways as well. Um, giving away some Bears tickets today. If you guys didn't oh, hear, nice. make sure you talk to our promo team. 670 score got you. And then. An opportunity for you to get on the field next year during a Chicago Bears game. Talk to my guy right here, the one waving the sign, doing a great job. Should we leave the next year part out? Just opportunity to get on the I field. I know. It's just so be like a message of mystery. Just every, leave time guessing. I, every time I bring that up, people always give me crap. They're like, <laughs> next year? And you're like, dude, I'm just. Opportunity to get on the field. I'm reading, I'm reading <laughs> the copy is what I'm doing over there. Uh, but, yes, you do have those opportunities. So if you're, if you're out and about and you live near Gray's Lake and you're not scared of the snow. Oh, I see shots. Come out and hang shot, out. Shot, shot, shot. We said none of those, Anthony Heron. Just remember that. We said none of those. Uh, but we will continue uh, this Bears conversation. Coming up after the break, we get an opportunity to talk to former NFL vet Clay Harbor. He's going to join the show. And we're going to ask him whether or not he feels as though Justin Fields needs to improve in certain areas. And which one are those? We'll discuss on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Emile's Tavern on Center in Gray's Lake. We'll be back after this. 
We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Live at Emil's Tavern on Center, 161 Center Street in Grays Lake. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Shotgun and Cole Komet at motions left. David Montgomery on the right hip of Justin Fields. He'll keep the ball, and there he goes. Justin middle of the field, 45, 50. Green grass in front of him, leaving Lions in his wake. Running left to the 10, 5, end zone, touchdown. On the biggest play, third down you could possibly have dialed up. He goes 67 yards. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, of course. That still gives you chills just to hear about Justin Fields just making that run. Makes it look so easy. People who were out there at Soldier Field in person, they were just talking about their reaction to that, like when he got into the open field. And now that we've seen it a couple of different times, just knowing that gear yeah. that he has, we're a few yards into the open space. You think, all right, he's got a chance to go. It was cool to hear Justin talk about it as well. They said, when did you know it was going to be a touchdown? He's like, well, I juked the first dude. And after that, <laughs> I just didn't want my legs to let me down. I knew I had it after that. Yeah. Uh, but we get an opportunity to continue the Justin Fields conversation. And right now joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is nine-year NFL veteran Clay Harbor. Clay, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I love talking Bears. I love talking Justin Fields. So appreciate the opportunity, guys. Of course, Clay. We should have made your ass drive all the way up here to Grays Lake with us. That's what we should have did. And that way. Yeah, that's a long been... drive, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's start with Justin Fields. And, and I, I wanted to talk about his, his running ability. I mean, obviously breaking the NFL rushing record for quarterbacks and then having equally as an impressive performance the next week. Were you, were you surprised to see such efficiency out of the run game from Justin Fields in, in the sec- second game? You know, he's just been improving so much. And even in some of the losses, the, the less popular games, it, it going back to the Giants, Minnesota even, Washington, obviously New England, Dallas, Miami, Detroit, but you started to see things. You started to think, see things trending in the right direction after that Houston game, and you saw that this guy was the real deal. And then just changing the offense on that pseudo bye week, just having an offense that caters to his ability. He's not a quarterback that's going to drop back and read a defense and anticipate throws and, and do things like Tom Brady or you know, someone like that. He's a guy that is super talented and has all this athletic ability. You got to cater that to him. You, you don't see Lamar Jackson out there in that type of offense. So it's, you know, it's funny. Like, finally, they start catering the offense to him, and you can see he's the talk of the league. And the stuff that he can do, he can really change the game. So for me, it's about what they did with the offense. He's always been this guy. Now they're catering plays to him. They're getting him on the move. You have the design runs. You have the run pass options. You have different things that you can do for him to show his skill set. Hey Clay, with the variety of quarterbacks you got to play with throughout your professional career, I'm wondering then when we think about it through the lens of Justin Fields' development. You know, I was just talking yeah. to even Trent Dilfer yesterday, saying, "Yeah, I want to see him throw the ball more often in a game." And I understand the urge, but what's your opinion on the the development arc and how the Bears go about continuing to develop Justin Fields as a quarterback? You know, part of me saying to myself, you know, just thinking as a Bears fan, should we stop running Justin Fields so much and kind of focus on him running the, passing the ball? We've seen what he can do running the ball. We're not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to make. The, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So try to bring him along as a passer and less as a runner. 
But then you need him to get comfortable with his offense and what he can do. You need to really see the things he has confidence in and what he loves to do as a quarterback and build on that in the offseason. And obviously you're going to get a better offensive line around him. You're going to get more receivers around him. But I think he is improving as a passer because he's, he's able to do all these different things now. Now you're getting him on the move. You're getting him the run-pass options. You're using screens more. And I'd love to see that instead of just dropping back and, and just trying to make him this prototypical quarterback, you, you know, Rex Grossman, you know, the guy that's just standing back there like a statue. Get him, get him on the move. Give him the opportunity to run the ball. And that's where he's so dynamic. He'll come along running, passing the ball. I played with Michael Vick, a guy that you can correlate to him. I played with Michael Vick for three years. And Mike Vick was a guy that was the same. He could throw the ball, but he, he was best when he was on the run and you had plays where he could use his athletic ability. And that's what they're doing with Justin Fields, and they got to keep progressing that, and I think they will. I think Eberflus and Getsy are on the right track. We're talking to Clay Harbor here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron at the top draft show out here in Grays Lake. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, we're talking about Fields and his running ability and the rushing attack as a whole for the Chicago Bears. And I know a guy you're big on is Khalil Herbert, obviously hitting the IR. I want you to compare the two running backs for me because I think a lot of people have this conversation in the city of Chicago as to which running back they feel is better or which, you know, obviously because the two styles that are a little bit different. Why why do you personally, I'm assuming you favor Khalil over David Montgomery, why do you feel that way? And and try to talk about the two running backs. Well, they have different styles, and it's not that I – you know, prefer, I love David Montgomery. I'm a huge David Montgomery guy, but Khalil, Khalil Herbert is just an explosive runner. Khalil Herbert can run a 4-4-40. You know, Dave Montgomery's a 4-6. Khalil Herbert's averaging six yards a carry. You know, David Montgomery's averaging barely four. Khalil Herbert has more yards on less carries and more touchdowns. Uh, 108 carries. Khalil Herbert has 643 yards. And then you look at David Montgomery on – more carries, 115 carries. David Montgomery only has 430 yards, the 3.77 average. I know every Chicago loves David Montgomery. I love him as a short yardage back. You need a couple yards and a cloud of dust, and he's better in pass protection. But Khalil Herbert is just more explosive, and I think that brings an element to your offense. If you got a guy that can break these long runs, that's where your average goes. It's not the fact that every single run he's getting six yards and Montgomery's getting three and a half. It's the fact that he can break that long run because he has that top-end speed. And I love Montgomery. I think there's a place on him, on this team for him, 5'10", 225-pound bowling ball from Iowa State University. But Khalil Herbert's just an explosive player, and the sky's the limit. He's just more explosive, more dynamic. And with a guy like Justin Fields, you, peel, you pair him with Khalil Herbert, and that makes this offense you know, just something special. It's the Miller Lite Top Draft here from Emails Tavern in Gray's Lake. We are on Center Street. Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, we're discussing the Chicago Bears with Clay Harbor, former NFL player. You can find him on Twitter at ClayHarbs82. And uh, Chase Claypool, that acquisition when the Bears traded the second-round pick uh, to get Chase Claypool in here. He's a guy as a wide receiver, as a modern wide receiver who's your size. You know, you were listed at 6'3", yeah. 240 as a tight end in the NFL. Chase Claypool, <laughs> yeah. same size as you, playing wide receiver. Man, what excites you about the potential that he brings to this Bears passing attack? I mean, it's what you said. You know, he's 6'4", 240 pounds, and he's a guy that can catch the ball. He's proven in this league that he can do it. He can catch the ball, and he's got, you know, he's, he's put up some – some good numbers. I mean, in Pittsburgh, his first year, 
He had 62 catches, 870 yards. Next year, he had 60 catches, 800-plus yards. So he's a guy who's proven it. He's done it. He's a 4-4-40 guy, 40 in vertical, 10-foot broad jump, big target. That can just play street ball with Justin Fields. Justin Fields scrambled. He's a guy to throw the ball up to that's got one-on-one coverage. I think that's where Claypool comes in. And obviously, he's learning the playbook right now. But this guy's got to get more than 19 snaps. He went out on six passes. He got two targets. You just gave up a second-round pick for him, which right now is the 38th pick in the entire draft. I, I know he's learning the playbook, but a couple weeks, you should have a package for him to go out there and make some plays. And I don't understand why they didn't. Maybe he just wasn't comfortable. Some people say he might have got nicked up. I love the move. I love Claypool with his size, speed, his athletic ability. But I want to see him use it. He gave up the second-round pick. He's only 24. I'm expecting big things from him in uh, QB1 in the future. It's going to be fun to watch. Who played on multiple teams, had to learn a variety of offenses during your professional career. What is that process like when you go from one team to another, learning a new language, learning a new system? But especially in the first couple down. of weeks, Sam. What's that right. like in the first couple of weeks? Guys, I'm, I, I was a really quick study on, um, on learning the new offenses. I could pull up quotes from Jim Caldwell saying, I've lear- I learned an offense faster than any player's ever been with. I got cut from New England Patriots week six. I got cut on Monday. On Tuesday, I got signed by the Lions. I was there on Wednesday. Eric Ebron uh, sprained his ankles out. I was starting on Sunday. So for me, I was a guy that could learn it quickly, but it's all to the players. Some players take longer. Some players don't. As a tight end, they had a package. There wasn't in many pass protections for the first couple weeks, but I was in most of the pass plays and run blocking plays. So there's a package there that you can implement with Clay- Chase Claypool. I think you got to get him in a package you got to get him on the field somehow. And I think he's a bright guy. He went to Notre Dame. You know, this guy can learn stuff. And I think the third week here, he'll really start, stuff will start to click. He'll start to see him on the field more. I know you got back Byron Pringle, and now you got Intel Harry inactive, and Pettis is developing with fields. And you want to get EQ St. Brown on the, on the field. But I think you got to get Chase Claypool. Besides Mooney, Chase Claypool's got to be on the field. Clay Harbor, let me ask you this, man. I mean, because you're talking about Chase Claypool in a perfect world. Let's let's fast forward to next year. What does that yeah. wide receiver room look like? Is it is it Chase Claypool as your one, or on the your out your one on the outside, and then you're bringing in someone via draft or free agency that is good for that slot or that secondary receiver, or are you still looking for that you know big, tall target for Justin Fields, that number one guy in the draft or in free agency? I don't think that number one guy's out there. I think that's why they had to go and get uh, Chase Claypool. You got Jacoby Myers, who's a free agent. I like his game. Maybe you make a play for him. You got a lot of money to spend. I don't think they can afford to spend their draft picks on a wide receiver. There's a lot of holes. You got to revamp this defense. That, that edge rush is, is pretty brutal right now. Interior D-line could use some help. Obviously, the offensive line's got some issues. So, I don't know if you use a first three rounds on, on a receiver. So, I'd like to see him make a move in, in free agency and try to find a guy we can bring in here. Maybe Jacoby Myers. we got to look at the list of free agency. But bring in a veteran guy that can catch the football. you got Claypool. you got Mooney. Cole Komet's coming along. Maybe bring in another pass catcher at tight end. But with those two guys and maybe one more piece, I, w- I think that's a, it's a decent receiver core. It's not the best in the league, but I think it'll be top half of the league. And with Justin Fields doing the things he can do, I think that's all he needs. 
Clay, the secondary, they've obviously expended some draft capital there in recent years and then even beyond the couple of second-round picks this season on Jaquan Brisker and, and Kyler Gordon, they're getting to start alongside more experienced guys like Jalen Johnson, who's becoming one of the more respected corners in football, and, of course, Eddie Jackson has been to multiple Pro Bowls here. I'm wondering, do you think that the secondary, as it sits right now, as it's currently constructed, can be a strength for the Bears moving forward, or do you feel like there's acquisitions that may need to still happen there? I love Jaquan Brisker. I like the way this guy plays football. He flies around the field. He makes tackles. He's quick. He'll play in the box. He can cover guys. I'm a big Jaquan Brisker guy. I think Eddie Jackson is a solid player. I think Jalen Johnson, obviously, was playing hurt against the Lions. But, man, you're getting beat by fourth, fifth team wide receivers out there to to lose the game for the guys. I mean, he's got to get better. I, I respect Jalen Johnson. He's had some ups and downs this year. He, he's only had one interception his whole career. He, he's going to want to get paid a lot of money, but I think he's got to improve. He's got to show me something there. Kendall Vildor's had some ups and downs this year. Kyler Gordon, he's had a lot more downs and ups. And, and pro football focus, he's ranked at the bottom 10 of 140 cornerbacks graded. So he's had a couple games where he's made some plays, but he's missed a lot more than he's made. So it's going to be a big offseason for Kyler Gordon. And I wouldn't mind seeing another cornerback in there, maybe a depth piece at safety. I love Brisker. I love Eddie Jackson. I think cornerback is a spot where you could, you could figure something out there. But what would help all of that out is getting a couple of good pass rushers in there that can, uh, that can, that can rush the quarterback and throw that rhythm and timing off so these guys aren't having to cover guys for three, four, or five seconds out there. We're talking to NFL veteran Clay Harbor here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. We are here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show in Grays Lake. Clay, before I let you go, what are your expectations for the Bears as the season, you know, obviously is winding down? You know, they got some tough games still against the Jets, the Bills. Um, they're going to be facing the Eagles at, at, at later on. So, I mean, some good defense, some high-powered offenses as well. But what are your expectations? What are the things you want to see in these last last games for the Bears? You know, I want to see improvement. And obviously, I want to see the young guys play well. They're not going to make the playoffs. So that's that's 100% out of the question, in my opinion. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're going out against the Falcons. I'd love to see a win. You're going against the Jets. That's a winnable game. you got the Packers. I'd love to see them beat the Packers. And you got the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions, and you close out with the Vikings. So I think you win, you win a couple of these games, you build some momentum for the end of the season, you keep improving on Justin Fields, you, you really figure out what he does well and the plays he likes, the plays he likes to throw, also the plays he likes to run. You try to, you try to progress Tyler Gordon, see what you got there. You keep progressing Brisker, you see what you got in the defensive ends. Travis Gibson, can he play? Is he a guy you want to keep around? Do you want to keep Dominique Robinson around? Do you want to keep some of these interior linemen around? Justin Jones playing well. Jack Sanborn showing on tape. It's just right now, it's a, to me, it's an audition type end of the season here. You, these guys are auditioning to see if they're going to be pieces to this season next year moving forward. A team that we all think with field improvement, new receivers can, can make a playoff run and be a good team here for the next several years and be a, a player in this NFC North. You obviously see Aaron Rodgers getting older, got the Vikings playing well, but I'm not a believer in Kirk Cousins. So I think they're poised to make a jump. And for me, you got to show you got to show us what you got. If you want to be on the team next year, you're making your audition now. 
play the, uh, we may have to take a, a straw poll of the crowd here at emails at some point also because one of the, the topics that continues to develop around the city are just, you know, to the point you were making a moment ago about this season not necessarily being about the playoffs. So how, how much do you concern yourself with, you know, they're being competitive in games, but they're not coming out with the wins late and the offense having opportunities here to mount drives. And this was another example this past weekend where they weren't able to put a point, to put scores on the board when they had too late. Does that concern you very much or does it let you sleep well at night from a Bears perspective because it seems like they've got a quarterback who's going to be here for a while? Yeah, I, th I think we got the quarterback. I mean, that's number one. We got the quarterback. I think there was plays fields missed on the stretch. I'm the biggest field supporter there is, but there was plays at the end of that game. I think it was Byron Pringle came open over the middle. The, that last sack when Alex Anzalone pressured him. Uh, Braxton Jones, maybe he should have picked him up. He could have got rid of the ball there. But I think we're heading in the right direction. But you got to start winning games. To, to learn to win, to be a winning team, you got to learn how not to lose. The first day I signed with the Patriots, first thing in team meetings, that's what Bill Belichick said. I was surprised by that. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. To win, you got to learn how not to lose. I want the Bears to figure out how not to lose games, not to get these random bad calls by refs. It's the same story over and over again. I need them to figure out how to win the rest of the season. I, I guarantee Ryan Poles wants to see the same thing. Ryan Poles isn't up there happy that the Bears are losing. He wants to see his draft picks play well. He doesn't want to see Kyler Gordon missing sacks and you know, guys missing tackles. He wants to see the wins. And obviously you got to think about this people that want the draft picks. We got the first round pick. Yeah. But then the second round pick isn't our own. So realistically for the draft, the games you lose, you're just getting that first round pick position, you know, off a few slots and then maybe the third and the fourth, but you don't have the second round pick of your own. You got the, the Ravens. So I want to win games. I want to go out there. I want to learn how to win. I want to see Justin Fields win. I want to see his defense get better and improve and get some momentum going into the end of the season. The momentum's real. That's not, that's not a thing. Momentum is real. If you get momentum at the end of the season, you guys are going to build confidence and say, hey, we know, how to lose. we know how to win games. We know how not to lose. And that's going to keep going into next year. That's going to create some good momentum and help them be a team that's not losing these heartbreaking games. I mean, if you think about these games, they lost by one score ball bounces another way you're in the playoff talk I mean I think this is a team that has the talent to make the playoffs with all their young guys and everything so that's what I want to do I want to see him win games I mean the draft is nice but you never know there it's hit or miss so I want to win games yeah you bring up some some great points Clay I think you know Ann and I talked about that at length where there is palpable momentum yeah. up there and how, how this in the soldier field and you need to sprinkle in those wins so you can continue that coach speak to get guys to buy in. Clay, appreciate you hanging out with us today, man. Thanks for giving us some of your time. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL veteran, hanging out with us here on 670 Score. And we were I mean, talking about that. You know, we, we didn't take Clay's interview in that direction because he was on with us to talk Bears, but former contestant on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, True. one of those. One, one of those. I know all the fellas in here are fans of that shit. As well. <laughs> you know, so if he were here in person, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the house who would have been very pleased. Yeah. See Clay Harbor hey. in the flesh. You know, we, we try to, you know, 
please your ears and your eyes at the right. same time. Right, That's what yeah. you got to settle for us tonight. Um, uh, you're right. <laughs> hey, talk, speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm feeling all right over here. All right, uh, we have more football to discuss on the other side. If you guys didn't hear, one of the three Chicago Bears running backs has found their way onto the IR. Who ah. is he and how can the Bears uh, deal with that loss? We will discuss on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Emails. Good emails! In Gray's Lake. We'll be back after this. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Live at Emo's Tavern on Center, 161 Center Street in Gray's Lake. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. On back, bunch set, peeled off. Harry now wing right. Cowboys have eight in the box. Fields checking the play. Play clock winding down. Takes and hands off. Herbert on the cutback to the 10, to the 5. Oh, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Juice. Herbert. It's going to be a while before we hear that uh, the name being called as Khalil Herbert hits the IR. Suffered a hip injury on the last kickoff of the game against the Detroit Lions. And when you're talking about Khalil Herbert, I mean, geez, he is electrifying. He's somebody in the beginning of the season, and, you know, you and I talked about this a lot. I was like, nah, David Montgomery, David Montgomery, David Montgomery. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start paying a little bit closer attention, and you're like, damn. But Khalil Herbert, whenever he touches the ball, he just has that, that, that breakout ability. A little it's just extra burst. A little extra burst that uh -huh. you, you believe in, and, and it, was, it was good to see. So to be, it's going to be tough to see, uh, see him hit the IR, but – Somebody else gets an opportunity to step up. Somebody who I have not been high on all year. But it will be good to see him have some more snaps. Of course, I'm talking about Tristan Ebner. And for Ebner, they've at least, he's been in the mix. You know, he's gotten a few carries here and there throughout the season in the flow of the actual offense. Been on a lot of special teams for him throughout the season. And so this is where, you know, having, having depth on your roster needs to show in moments like this. You know, we've seen them without David Montgomery at, multiple times over the last couple of seasons, and that's where having a Khalil Herbert able to step in and still make plays for you has been key. And Ebner's gained yards. He's not, he's not as shifty as Montgomery. He doesn't have the immediate burst of a Khalil Herbert, but he's, he's, he's gained some yards at times when he's been in, in game and gotten the ball in his hands. So I'm very curious to see because they, they expended draft capital to, to get multiple running backs here and add them to the roster. So without Khalil Herbert, who you're not worried about having to make any any sort of contract decision on Herbert by the time you get to next season, like you may have to with David Montgomery. So at least in the in the case of Ebner, now this is an opportunity for more work, but you don't have to thrust him directly into the starting lineup. It's just a chance for him to, to get some action in game. And, you know, depending on who the opponent is, you know, there, there's times right now even where they know that Khalil Herbert can be really effective with the ball in his hands, but he's still developing in other aspects of his game. So now it's a chance for Tristan Ebner in whatever way – they're comfortable where, you know, David Montgomery, if he's not going to be the guy, the main pass protector, the main route runner, and the way they move him around is being kind of a chess piece for their offense in the way that they're able to because he's so versatile. So maybe David Montgomery may not come off the field quite as much where it was this kind of two-for-one and in some games two-to-two two rotation from Montgomery to Herbert. You know, you probably won't see Ebner in there quite as much as you right. did Herbert, but this is the opportunity to now earn additional reps, to earn getting the rock in your hands to show the coaches that even beyond just being a ball carrier if you're capable of holding up in other areas also so it's a it's a chance for him and just like clay harbor was talking about a moment ago 
on a young roster, an inexperienced roster, when you get these opportunities, if you can thrive, if you can show the coaches that you're able to flourish, then there's just more chances that are going to come your way. Yeah, it's a lot of things the coaches are going to be looking at, right? You're talking about David Montgomery, a guy who they're looking to see, is he going to be able to stick around with the Chicago Bears? And when you're looking at situations like this, and this is exactly the moment that you could be pointing to. You do need depth at that position. Yeah. But on the other side of that, you see Tristan Ebner getting an opportunity to do that as well. And it'll be, I think you, brought, you bring up a great point where it's not going to be split evenly, where you think is Tristan and Ebner going to get all of those Khalil Herbert carries? No. But you get an opportunity for David Montgomery, who's on the most, most carries he's had all season is 17, and that was in week one. Obviously, bad weather, you know, attributed to, or contributed to that. So when you're looking at him only getting 15 per game, you know, between 12 and 15, you, you get an opportunity now to say, okay, can we feed you the rock 20 times like we did before, and what can that output look like? But I think there's no doubt that David Montgomery can still have a good game if he's given the rock 20 to 25 times. I think it's it, it'll be interesting to see how they, they utilize Tristan Ebner within the mix of that because I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks in here who have been paying attention to the season for the Bears closely have been wondering about Bayless Jones and, and what his role is, you know, as a return man and a part of the run game on offense and the screen game on offense. Maybe, you know, you, they obviously play different positions, but special teams are part of why Bayless Jones obviously hasn't been out there. It, were, it was punts that he dropped. It wasn't kick returns and, you know, Tristan Ebner is able to return kicks, so you would think one for one. If you know he's going to be in the mix at running back more now without Khalil Herbert in the lineup, then you can just plug Tristan Ebner back in there as a kick returner as well. But that that calculus that you go through as a coaching staff just in trying to piece the entire roster together for game day, maybe this does open up additional consideration for a guy like Bayless Jones, who you know he should be able to field the kick returns cleanly. Maybe he's not immediately back in the punt return mix because you, you feel good about Dante Pettis fielding the ball better than Bayless Jones there. But what he does in adding to the rushing attack, he, he's just – Bayless Jones is a guy who – he's one of the few. Like, there's Justin Fields, and then who else looks like they're a touchdown waiting to happen with the football in their hands? Bayless Jones is the next closest guy okay. to that who just would, would strike fear in, like, just angle-eating speed and just this, this urgency and explosiveness when he's just running after the catch. If it's not Justin Fields, who else looks like from anywhere on the field, he may have the potential to go the distance. That's Bayless Jones, so I'm, I'm sure that he's a freak. He's a basketball. <laughs> Coaches are anxious to get him back out there when the opportunity may present itself. So I wonder, you know, uh, in addition to Tristan Ebner and what role he may have to give in the him a offense, chance back there, is is this a, a potential crack, you know, for Bayless Jones maybe back into things? You know, it, it, in, in a, from a one for one sort of scenario, it doesn't need to be. But if they're eager to, to see Bayless Jones yet again, this could be an avenue towards that. I got to be honest, I don't think they are at all, a at all. And, and, and I say that because, you know, when you hear, when you hear Coach Eberflus talk about Dante Pettis and give him praise, so it's, like, it's kind of like, you know, when you got a job, you really don't want your, bo your boss doesn't want to go talk to you every day. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, stop making mistakes. Just handle your business. I got a bunch of other things to deal with. The last thing I want to do is have to have a conversation with you about fielding punts cleanly, right? Uh -huh. And so I think he feels comfortable with Dante Pettis. And it leads me to, to my question, not only about Valus Jones, but also Tristan Ebner. Do coaches at this point in the season, do you feel like they have their mind made up on guys? Like, is there even room to, you know, change the coach's mind about you? Does that even exist? Or you feel like at this point in the season, 
They, they know what they got in you. Not that they're going to let go of Bayless Jones, right. but they know what they have in the present, and they don't want to, you know, test that out with that guy. we got other things to worry about. I, I've been – I've used the term competitive depth a lot, as you and I have talked about this Bears roster, and it, it lacked competitive depth pretty much everywhere at the start of the season. It lacks true competitive depth still at, at a variety of spots, but competitive depth has at least been enhanced at a couple of key spots. The offensive line – has a little bit more competitive depth now than it did early. The wide receiver position between health and the acquisition of Nikhil Harry and then the acquisition of Chase Claypool, you got more competitive depth at wide receiver now than you did over the offseason. So that's a good thing. Like from, from Ryan Poles' perspective, I'm sure he feels at least better about that. That right now they're in a position where they don't feel like they have to force Bayless Jones into the lineup because right. they don't have anybody else who they think might even be capable of scaring a defense out there on the field. They got guys who are they figured out the offense a little bit. Justin Fields is, is certainly doing his thing out there. And you do have, you know, between the health of Byron Pringle and, and the potential for, for Chase Claypool, you got more potential at receiver than you did when this thing launched. But that being said, they did draft Bayless Jones in the third round, and, and this is. They, they keep talking about this roster being developmental. So I don't think they're in a position with seven games to go where they're thinking we've, you know, we've kind of cataloged exactly what we right. think a rookie is at this right. point. I, to me, it's more they're, they're waiting to see who's going to earn it, who within a more competitive wide receiver room that. will be the one to earn the opportunities in game. Maybe, maybe it comes via injury, who knows, but even if it doesn't come via injury, who's able to step their game up? Is Valus Jones able to continue improving at the craft of being return man, at the craft of being a wide receiver, the craft of being a gadget guy that they may utilize him for. And if he begins to show that on the practice field, in the meeting rooms, then I would imagine they will at, at some point. If it's not today, if it's not tonight, at some point be eager to get that back in the lineup because you don't have, like I referenced, you basically got one other guy who looks like they've got that type of potential home run juice with the football in their hands like Bayless Jones does. And, it's, it's good that the offense is consistently putting points on the board in recent weeks. But anybody out who's been at Bears, ga Bears games the last couple of weeks, as they've been scoring points, it's either a 60 or 70-yard touchdown run from Justin Fields or it's these methodical 8, 10, 12-play drives. You get in the red zone. The, the confines of the red zone can make it difficult to attempt to pass the ball with a young quarterback and all these different things. Who else is a home run threat for you? That, that's one of those things the Bears are going to can, can, Continue to work to figure out. Bayless Jones gives you some of that potential if you figure out a way that he's capable of sort of accessing that. And the good thing is that Coach Eberflus seems like the guy that's going to coach you up. Yeah. And not just yeah. throw you away to the basura. I know that. Ah, uh, not, not throw you in the See. basura. He's going to say, hey, you didn't get in this week, son. You know what you got to do? Practice harder on exactly. Wednesday. Exactly. Like he's that kind of a coach. Exactly. So it's, it's going to be exciting to watch the growth of Bayless Jones because obviously they did spend a high draft pick on him and they expect big things from him. But Treston Ebner will get the opportunity this Sunday to prove his worth against the Atlanta Falcons. And when we come back, we get the opportunity to talk about that very team. Chris Domino, he is one of the hosts at 680 The Fan in Atlanta. We get to talk about the team, see what if he believes in Marcus Mariota, and if Drake London is going to score a couple touchdowns against the Bears. Hopefully not. Uh, but we'll discuss that after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Herod here at Emil's Tavern on Center and Gray's Lake for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We'll be back after this. He's a freak. He's a fast kid alive. This is not good. He's a fast kid alive. Fast kid alive, my ass. Come on, what, what are we going to do? 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 